0: Turn the music out. Tattoos in my face, nigga. Grill shining in your face, nigga. Blowing smoke in your face, nigga. Hoes smiling in my face, nigga. Your hoes smiling in my face, nigga. She out of line, she out of place, nigga. Everybody know my face, nigga. All eyes on me, get the mace, nigga. Uh, bad bitch with the face glitter. Snoop Dogg, murder was the case, nigga. Yeah, my homie got an open case, nigga. We in this bitch looking like an open safe, nigga. Uh, looking like an open safe, nigga. We in this bitch looking like an open safe, nigga. Yeah, if it's beef, we over ate, nigga. Bah, 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 bah. There's no debate, nigga. Yeah, that go to base, nigga. You nigga starve, we like full go to waste, nigga. Choke your punk ass out, neck brace, nigga. I do the same shit, I learn on sex tapes, brother. New money, call it cake, fresh baked, nigga. Hungry bullets eating off your chest plate, nigga. I hope you bitch don't think and I'm a half faith a Bitch green when the dick was halfway. And when the dick was halfway. Uh, Yes, welcome to
1: Blurds United. Whoever you are, wherever and whenever you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day. I'm Deesa, as ever with Yazzie, and we're just a blurred cup, navigating our way through all these geek fandoms and uniting them for your consumption. We are absolutely packed to the gills today with an awesome show for you. We have the Retro Review in a little bit, that's a new section, we're looking at classic media, video games, comics, movies, series, whatever it is, trying to see if they hold up still. Uh, We got the Hot Review, this week we're looking at Black Lightning. And The Walking Dead. Yes, The Walking Dead made, it, made its return. We haven't wanted to talk about it just yet because we wanted to watch a couple episodes in a row to get a real feel for the flow. We got Yazzie coming over with the girlfriend review. She's looking at, uh, I believe it's Sabrina. The Teenage Witch, or sorry, the, the the Chilling Tales of Sabrina, that's what they're calling it now. She's not a teenager anymore, she's chilling, frosty. But first I want to start with this. When I was around 14 years old, I wanted to become a comic book artist. You know, I got all the pens. I did the whole thing, I got all the pens. I got myself a sketch pad, and I was sketching away, sketching away. I thought I was going to be so cool. And then I ran into some trouble. You know, I introduced my work to a couple of people. You know, you gotta show it to somebody other than your family, right? I showed it to a couple of other people, and they were like,
2: "Trash,
1: trash." I mean, there were a lot of good reviews as well. There were a lot of people who were like, "This is really good, man." You know, you gotta stick with it. Uh, maybe improve this or that, but yeah, no. On the whole, I love it. But there was a lot of like people who were just like, you know, they're teenagers. They were just like, "Trash, trash." I don't like it. It's terrible. Stop. You know what I did? I stopped. That's what I did. I stopped. I, I was I was I was a 14-year-old kid, very, very impressionable, lacking a little bit in confidence, and I just quit. I quit and took that thing out of my game. And I feel like that's kind of what the Simpsons parent company Fox did with a Puna House of Peter News broke last week that Apu is no longer going to be a part of The Simpsons, and you know I'm really sad about it. I'm I'm I don't I i do not i do not know I I I have a lot of feelings about this, and I'm going to try and unpack them right now. Look, main thing is I feel like it's a bad decision by Fox uh, for for a couple reasons. One, it Follows in the trend of big corporations buckling to the worst elements of internet pressure, or just internet pressure to begin with. Uh, we saw this with uh, ABC on Roseanne. We saw this with James Gunn. You know, internet pressure. People just brought some stuff out and they just buckled. They said, No, no, no. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't want that. We 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 don't want any controversy. We 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 we, we want to just. Take that away completely. Fire them. Fire them. You can't fire a fictional character, so, you know, they just cancel them. Cut them out. That's not good. That's not good. I think that this was an opportunity for Fox to engage in a discussion with their own fandom and really do the, the hard yards of making the character, hiring some Indian Americans... Hiring some Indians, hiring some Indian-Americans, hiring people from the subcontinent. It might not have been an Indian person. It might have been a Bangladeshi or a Pakistani or so on and so forth. You understand? Get somebody who understands, who has lived the life that Apu lives and get them to write the show, write the character, or at least provide notes and clarity to the character. Fill, flesh him out a little bit and keep the satire, you know? That's, that's one thing that they could have done. But here's here's, 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 here's here's another thing, and I'm looking at it from the other side. Fox don't want issues, man. Like, there's, there's corporations, ultimately speaking, have got to protect their bottom line. They've got to protect their bottom line. And their bottom line is ratings. They did not want this to become some sort of crusade even though i think that that might be what happens with the show with 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 this particular thing over here i think that they don't want that kind of pressure but in order to not get that sort of pressure you got to do the you got to do the hard yards like i just said but in addition to that i guess my question is what kind of creative world are we creating? Really, what what kind of world are we creating in the wider media when we cancel characters like a poo, and what what when we have online movements and that? Because the, the current climate on the internet and worldwide is is one of polarization. You're for something or you're against it. People are pe- people are digging in left and right, and I don't want to get into politics, but. Sometimes, you know, politics crosses into geekdoms and fandoms. I mean, we have a lot of it going on. We, we had, we had the, the shooting a couple of months ago at the Madden sports gaming event. Sometimes, and, and that, that created a, obviously a, 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 gun, a gun violence debate and so on and so forth. I suppose what I'm asking is what kind of world are we creating? Because what we don't want is some sad, staid, cookie cutter. World where we can't, where we can't laugh at ourselves. I mean, with a poo, I never once thought of a poo as racist. I didn't think. I, I suppose I wouldn't. You know, I, I know that I've definitely felt this way. And I feel like a lot of other people have felt this way. That like when white writers write a black character, it's not hundred percent accurate. And then I start wondering, is that racist? I've asked myself the question, and I, I feel like I've asked, I'm asking the same question here with regards to a poo. Is it racist when a white person, or a black person, or an Asian person writes a poo? I don't know who writes a poo, and he makes jokes about it, and it's a stereotyped character. So, uh, let me not say stereotype, but more aggregated character. Is that racist? Is it always racist? Can we not laugh at ourselves when somebody else is making the joke? Someone who doesn't look like us is making the joke? Is that not possible? I think it is. Sometimes somebody outside of who you are who doesn't look like you notices the comedy of you, you know? You've probably been there before, like you have a girlfriend, a friend, or a brother brother or somebody like that, or somebody who outside of your family, who comes in and looks at your family and says, that's kind of funny that you guys do that. That's kind of what I'm getting at over here. And, and, and it is funny. And then you realize, wait a second, actually, that's, that's a thing that we do. There are things that you're too close to to realize the comedy of it. And Apu, I suppose, was that. Was that I, I suppose, for me, into Indian Americans. And I suppose it had gone too far for some of them. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rambling here, but I, I'm just trying to work it out myself. And I think that we're all kind of trying to work it out, because I think it was a statement decision by Fox. They said that they're not going to deal with it. If you think it's controversial, they're not going to deal with it. They're just going to can that character. And I think that's a dangerous precedent to set. Because now, are they going to do that about everyone? What are, what are they going to do about groundskeeper Willie? What are they going to do about um, other black, ca- the black characters in the show, or Asian characters in the show that might be stereotyped? Are we going to come after them too? Are you going to cancel them too, Fox? I think it's, I think the decision by Fox lacked bravery. Ultimately speaking, it just lacks some bravery, and I think that they could have done a better job of addressing the issue. They could have tackled it head-on, but they didn't, and now we've lost a much beloved. Over 25-year-old character. Think about that. That's 25 years old. When Apu was introduced, I was I was I wasn't even in middle school. You know? That's that's sad. That's sad that he's gone, and I'm gonna miss it. Here's to you, Apu. 4 and 1 out. Moving right along, Red Dead Redemption 2 came out to raucous reviews. Now we don't have the game, i got to disclaim. We're not, this isn't a review to, to it or anything like that. It's just, it just came out. It's newsworthy. It's, people are talking about it as game of the year contender. Apparently, this game is huge. Apparently, walking from one end of the, univ- of, of the world to the other takes a really, really long time. It's, Im- imagine that feeling you got off Skyrim, but it's bigger, way bigger like four or five times the size that's crazy that's crazy large and i'm looking forward to getting it as sort of my christmas present to myself um early christmas present actually i'm gonna make it a birthday present why not okay so now we're here talking about black lightning Um, now i gotta say that i'm a big fan of black lightning i was a big fan of last season i think that last season's black lightning was I wouldn't say riveting, but it was a very consistent, well-constructed show, well-constructed entertainment. I thought that Black Lightning was the show that was needed by black people because it showed a middle-class black family and it showed all the varieties that that comes in. It showed a lot of middle-class people, just normal, everyday black people and their lives and concerns in a an exaggerated universe. I thought that the show clearly had a lot of layers and depth, and they talked about a lot of issues that I think people ignored. Um, I don't want to compare it to Luke Cage, but it's an obvious comparison. I personally think that it is better than Luke Cage. It was, it was better thought out than Luke Cage. I thought that it gave itself options and room for growth. Um, but we're talking season two. So far, there are three episodes out. Um, it continues that trend that I just talked about of telling black stories. Um, in a wide variety of ways. They talk about the, the principal. It's the principal who's dealing with uh, metal detectors at schools and not wanting to do that. He's a positive black influence. And there's a negative black influence over there of gang members and gang leaders who, are, who, who, who just took the easy way out. There's, and, and there, there's lesbians and le- lesbian couples in it. They talk about the gay, black gay experience. What is that like? I've actually been very fascinated by that, and it's a facet of the show that I want to continue with. Um, Look, this is a very well-rounded cast. This is um, a very well-rounded black cast, Um, and what I love most about it is that the best thing about the show is the lead. I can't say that about most of Marvel's shows. The best thing about Jessica Jones season one wasn't Jessica Jones the best thing about the best thing about um, Luke Cage wasn't Luke Cage in season 1 and 2 the best thing about Iron Fist was not the Iron Fist it was other people on the show but over here Cress Williams does a great job he's really the most interesting part of the show he adds layers to the character he's, he's he, he he feels he. he it feels like when he's Jefferson Pierce, I think he feels most comfortable as Jefferson Pierce. I think that's that's an aspect of his character that he he enjoys playing the most. Um, I think that the Black Lightning character is something that he can have fun in, but I don't I don't feel he's as comfortable in that role as he is playing Jefferson Pierce. Um, and this plays out in the fight choreography, where I I feel that. It is not nearly as good as Daredevil, for instance, you know, um, what is as good as Daredevil? But it's generally speaking, I think it's on par with anything you find in the rest of the Arrowverse. Uh, the graphic uh, for, from from a visual standpoint, they it's not as fluid as Arrow is Arrow really takes these nice panning shots that like show the fluidity and the whole the, the whole stage that we're in and where the fight is being constructed. But this and this isn't as good when it's when it's when it's black lightning. But Thunder really does that very, very well. Um, uh, the lady who plays Nessa Williams, I think it is. Nessa Nessa, I think that's her name. She she does a really great job of fighting. Um, she, her, her character is of Thunder is is one of the best parts of the show. Um, one of the best parts, not the best part. Um, but I, I do think that this highlights uh, something between Netflix and network television. You can't expect the same things. You just can't. Netflix shows have a bigger budget. They look bigger, bigger budget. They look like they have not just bigger budget, but they look like they have more time. They look like they have... Th- they, Because so, some of the Netflix shows, they, they take a year, 18 months between them. You can't do that on network television. We need 23 episodes every year on network television. Netflix, on the other hand, they took 18 months between Daredevil. I mean, Daredevil, I mean, it came out last year. It came out start of last year, and now we're in October, going into November. And they came out with their most recent one. That's how long they can take between these things on Netflix that you just can't get away with on on network. And that plays out it plays out visually but that doesn't mean it's not good because if you're looking for a a well-constructed story about black people and black superheroes then i'm gonna have to say go with go with black lightning i think this season is good it started off so pretty well the budget looks bigger and for to its own to its benefit, sometimes shows get a bigger budget and and i'm very good you know they didn't know what they wanted to do with the money they didn't know what their wish list was if they got money you know um, this one does it looks like they got more money and wanted to make it more comic booky but at the same time continue telling varied stories about black people that I applaud let's briefly talk Walking Dead and Walking Dead is one of the most one of the longest running shows on television right now it's been on we're in season 9 season nine nine seasons of this um we all know that rick is leaving this season um but i will say i'm i'm interested for for the first time in ages in walking dead i didn't enjoy the last season i was kind of like just i was watching out of out of habit more than anything else um this story feels like it's getting somewhere fresh for the first time in years uh it feels as though we're no longer fighting walkers, but we're fighting our inner and baser instincts. We are fighting our primal instincts. It feels front like 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 a frontier show and no longer a zombie genre show. It feels like some some sort of western about the frontier. Not a not not not, not a zombie show any longer. Zombies are there. And they present the, the you know, that, that, that constant background menace, you know, that, I suppose, you know, get a, getting a cough or something in a Frontier show would, you know, that disease pre- presents itself. It's a constant danger, or maybe rattlesnakes. It's a constant danger, but, like, we're not really too worried about that any longer. Um, I think that the real fight is the fight for the future. What future are we building? Why are we building the future this way? How do we conduct ourselves? How do we get along with people who are our enemies in this universe, in this world now? Has too much happened for us to forgive and forget? These are questions that we're facing on Walking Dead right now. And I think that it's interesting. It's fresh. It's interesting. And I am interested to see how Rick and co are going to resolve these issues because they got mad issues, yo. Remember, I've only seen episode up to episode three. I know the new episode, episode four is coming out tonight and we'll I'll try and uh, review that later on. Uh, but I'm interested to see how Rick and company are going to resolve their issues because they got mad issues mad, mad, mad issues to deal with over here Um, for the first time it looks like they're fractures and they're playing out and it's interesting man because we all know Rick is leaving so how is that going to play out how is Rick and everybody going to play out before his departure is it going to be bullets or besties bullets or besties for Rick and Co I don't know Um, But I am interested in finding out, for the first time in a while.
2: On this week's Gopher Review, I binged the hell out of the new Netflix Sabrina show. Um, It's called Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And if you are a 90s kid, you would pretty much know uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, who is a 16-year-old girl who has, um, who's a witch, literally. But she is allowed to just live her life like pretty much a normal girl, even though she she, she delves into the, the dark world every now and then in order to use her powers and stuff for her own purposes. And from that 90s show came the Cartoon, which I think was either on Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon. Can't remember Exactly absolutely loved it. Both of those shows my ultimate phase when I was younger. So... 2018 they have given us another Sabrina after many 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 years we get a new Sabrina it's the basis is pretty, the premise sorry is pretty much the same in that 16 year girl with witching powers Explores her powers and stuff. Now that she discovers she's a witch, no, she already knew she was a witch. She just knew that on her sixteenth birthday, she was either gonna have to give up her her mortal um, self and, and and presence to the Dark Lord, A.K.A. Satan. And on her sixteenth birthday, she's like, mm, Nah, I ain't about to do that because. I'm not trying to give up the by I love. I'm not trying to give up my mortal boyfriend. I'm not trying to give up that world that I grew up with. And now just become this dark, evil bitch. So, she runs off. And it becomes a whole issue of, Oh my gosh, how could she reject Satan like that? Oh my gosh, what, what, what? pretty much you know how we as christians can sometimes behave when someone rejects god it's sort of the same idea now it becomes a whole thing of they her and her family as we know she's her parents died when she was really really young and her aunts took her in so, her and her aunts end up being taken to court because it was, oh, how dare you, you know, go back on your promise to the Dark Lord, you know, you're not going to have to face, you know, the underworld, you know, court kind of thing. Ends up being that her mom actually got her baptized a day before her dad secretly already promised her soul to the, um, devil. Oh, Satan! So it becomes the whole thing. Of, you know what? Fine. You can live in both worlds for now. Kind of thing. Not knowing that there are adversaries that Satan's put out in the world to try and ensure that she ends up signing herself to. Oh, should I say, "quote unquote," marrying herself to the devil? So, we pretty much, the first season, pretty much, you know, the whole thing of, you know, it to cause all this trouble, all this stuff that she has to submit to her, her dark side and her dark powers in order to become a really powerful witch. And that's pretty much it. And then by the end of the season, they've finally gotten her to sign the Book of the Dead. In other words, she's now fully fledged, which she has to pretty much renounce her mortal self. What I found. Okay. Let me put it like this. My initial impressions of the show. I was ecstatic. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And then, you know, well, well, no, I, yeah, I actually adored it. It was, it was what I needed from TV right now. And I'm glad I got it. What, what I really enjoyed was seeing her interactions with her friends and then later finding out that her friends in their own right have their own special power or importance to the entire show to the entire feel of everything so it was it was interesting because you had one of her friends who her ancestors helped the witches you know in the past and so one of them was a true descendant of of witch allies we have another friend who her descendants were cursed by a witch to become blind but that blindness gave them this ability to see visions of both future and past and things that are unseen and then her boyfriend turns out that his descendants are witch hunters so that was weird although he never really felt the that feeling of hunting he wasn't really a killer person like that um, so that was awesome to see now by the end of the season you know how I said I was really excited yeah yeah that died by the end of the season I, I stopped I stopped loving it it started getting really annoying and frustrating, and I was trying to remind myself like, did I ever feel this way with the older Sabrina shows? And I don't remember ever feeling that way. So I had to take a seat back and listen, and like, just listen to my thoughts and be like, okay, why am I not enjoying this anymore? Why am I getting irritated more and more as the episodes go on? And I realized what it is. It's, well, let me not, I don't want to put it this way, but maybe it is that. Okay. What it is, is Sabina's bone. She's the issue for me. And I don't know whether it's specifically the way she's written in this show, or if it actually is just the actress that bothers me. The actress that plays Sabrina is um, Kiernan Shipka. Yeah, Kiernan Shipka, I think is how you say her name. And yeah. oof, Oh. Yeah. God, did she annoy me by the end of the season? Like, I was like, oh my gosh, you bloody retard you like was sabrina always this self-absorbed with the fake with the fake facade of i'm trying to help people because my word how you not gonna listen to people who are telling you that you are making things worse stop what you're doing stop trying to Claim that you're helping people when you're literally meddling with things that should not be meddled with. Like, how dumb? Are you dumb? Like, how dumb are you? It's, it's, it was frustrating. It was annoying. I wanted to smack her. Especially those last three episodes. I wanted to smack every time she was on screen, which is practically all the time. It was frustrating. It was her frustrating. But to end this on a slightly more positive note, I want to talk a little about the cast. So we have um, Ross Lynch. I feel like I've seen him in stuff. Give me a second. Yeah, he's he's one of those Disney boys who is coming into his own, I think, and is finally being able to get out of the whole Disney umbrella and do his own thing. He plays um, Sabrina's boyfriend in the show. Then we have... Jazz Sinclair. Now, I, I, when I saw her, I was like, "Ooh, I like you. You, you, you seem, you seem interesting. Like, who are you? What do you do?" Turns out, I was surprised. I was like, "How did I not realize this?" But then I realized, actually, no, I haven't even watched most of the movies that she's in. She's in *Slender Man*. She's in *When the Bow Breaks*. She's in *Paper Towns*. And, um, Fun Mom Dinner. I've watched Paper Towns, but I don't remember her in it. So I'm assuming she must have been a character who was in the school. But, I really liked her. She, she was interesting. Then we have, um, One of the Aunts. Lucy, played by um, Lucy Davis. Our British star. I... I love her. Like she is the cutest little British pumpkin ever. Like she is so adorable. I I I just want to eat her up sometimes. Then her Sabina's other aunt, played by Miranda Otto. Now we know Miranda Otto from Lord of the Rings, Homeland. Yeah, pretty much two Lord of the Rings movies, I think it was. Yeah, Um, Homeland and Annabelle. That's pretty much where we would know her from. She was... she was interesting to see. She was... you could see there was a fear in her constantly. Like, she was constantly living in anxiety. Here and did her best to hide it, but that came off as bitchy. That came off as um, rude. That came off as really stern. Someone did not have fun, and it was interesting. I liked it. Then, as when it comes to her cousin, Ambrose. That's played by Chance Podomo. Um I have not seen him in anything. Yeah, I like in anything, but I really like him. Like I really, really, really like him. He's a British too. And yeah, I, I, I was kind of in love with, with him and, and what seemed to be a rather fluid sexuality, but initially comes off as him being gay. But then, as a, as a season goes on, he realized that no, he's not gay he's just a witch and witches tend to have rather fluid sexualities and that's okay but I must say my favorite character in the whole thing is Prudence played by Tati Gabrielle she is the cutest little black girl well, she's not a little girl but she's the cutest she has this, this really adorable pixie you know sort of cut she's absolutely stunning like just looking at her I'm always like oh my gosh, your face is a godsend she did an amazing job of being the the bitchy Popular high school girl in the witch world, and but also ends up being Sabrina's best ally and someone that Sabrina can turn to when needed. And it's it's it was wonderful. As for my rating, would I? Where would I put it? Let me think. Based on my initial impressions, I would put it at an 8. By the time the season's over, I think I'll put it at a 7. I enjoyed it a lot, but Sabrina annoyed me so much that I had to drop it one point. I can't even drop it a point five. Like it has to be a whole point. It, because the rest of the sh- rest of it outside of Sabrina's situation and and the plot of, of the entire thing and and how it starts working and churning, I really loved. But Sabrina really annoyed me at every moment that she could. I don't know if that was the point. I feel like it may have been the point. But yeah, a really... Yeah. I'm hoping the next season, once it finally comes out, will change my opinion on this. But for now, it's going to have to be a 7 out of 10. I would suggest, though, that people definitely do binge it. Get it out of the way, at least. You know. As soon as possible. Because it's 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 fun... And it's a great nostalgia feeding in a lot of ways. So, yeah. And that is my girlfriend review on the Chilling Tales of Sabrina.
1: All right, so we got the retro review now. We're going to be doing this every single week. We're going to be looking at something old and something old, not just old, but old and classic and trying to figure out whether or not it's any good. Does it hold up? Um, This could be a comic book, it could be movies, it could be television, it could be uh, video games. This week we do have a video game and we're looking at Dragon Age Origins. Now Dragon Age Origins was released in 2008 or 2009, I didn't need to go to the Wikipedia page, sorry. It's not that kind of show. We're not as well prepared as everybody else. Pay us and then we'll get more prepared. It was 2008 or 2009. I remember playing it when it came out, and I loved it. And it's 10 years later, I think that's long enough for a retro review. Hell, I think five years is long enough for a retro review, but we're gonna look at things with a 10 years and older. That's how we're gonna look at it. That's what we agreed on. So, Let's look at a couple elements. We're going to be looking at these elements. We're going to be looking at gameplay, story, graphics, voice acting, and timelessness. Let's start off with gameplay. I played the game on my on a computer. So I, I got to be clear about that. I use a computer game mechanic, so it's not a control pad. I'm using keyboard and mouse. And this control system feels kind of standard for today's games, but it was kind of... Breathtaking at the time. It feels as though um, the game, the gameplay, aids the storytelling. You know, um, the only issue that I had with the gameplay, the game mechanics, was actually traps. I hate traps. I, I hated the way traps worked on this. But frankly, I don't really like traps anyway on any sort of game. I liked. I mean, I get you got to disable traps, but I don't understand the idea of setting traps and. What not in this game. I tried setting traps a couple times and it didn't it, it wasn't for me it, it just it just wasn't for me like setting a trap and then waiting for somebody to come at you. no. Yeah, that's it feels like a really boring way of playing the game Um, the control system was nice. I I, I found that like if you wanted to sit up and play the game you could and you you probably would be more focused and so on, but at the same time, like, you know, just moving here, there, everywhere, I could just do that with just one hand. I could play the game one-handed if I wanted to and pause a whole bunch. And I thought that that's really, really great um, for casual gaming. The powers and abilities are well-balanced and progress very, very well in interesting ways. Um, I played the game, I finished the game as a mage, uh, in this particular playthrough, I actually realized that I had never played as a mage in this game until this playthrough. I play the game as a wide variety of people, but never a mage. My favorite is to play as a female, female, dwarven, rogue. That's my favorite playthrough. Uh, Natia is her is her character name, and she's she's one of my favorites. But I think that the, the it progresses well. I think that magic is if you wanted to play as a mage in a multitude of ways it's it it gives you that freedom to do that whereas playing as a warrior you've got kind of two ways um you can be you know two-handed swordsman bash and get in there barbarian style or you can play as a as, as a shield person who just gets in there and you're you know you draw the draw fire and it, it allows a wide variety of team dynamics to be formed, and you got to start thinking about that right from the jump. Let's talk about the story, okay? We all know the story now of the darkspawn coming in, but I think it was very compelling. It's 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 this breathtaking amount of detail, absolutely breathtaking amount of detail, and that translates really well. The best part of the thing, the game is the story. Everything was thought out. They really did think about everything. They they constructed. A, a universe here, and they took no shortcuts. There are no massive surprises in this game. There are no massive surprises. There's nothing like, there's no decision to be made in this game like um, like in Mass Effect, you know, the decision between Caden and Ashley Williams. There's no decision like that to be made in the game that stops and makes you think, oh, Christ, 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 what do I do? There's nothing like that. But there, that doesn't mean there's a lack of consequence, as decisions matter, because in this game, when you make it, des- when you say something, it affects how other characters feel about you, and that affects their abilities. It can take away. Sometimes, some characters can even leave if you make the wrong decision. You know, if you make the wrong kind of decisions, and that is excellent. But I love the story of mages and the chantry and 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 the darkspawn and where they all figure into this and the the gray wardens. Wonderful storytelling, really wonderful. It's, it's as detailed as you want it to be, or it's as surface level as if you're not really into reading every single one of those codex entries. Um, the graphics, look, I, I don't have the greatest computer in the world, but I thought the graphics were really solid. Um, not amazing by today's standards, or then to be honest. I, I remember playing back then and thinking, these aren't amazing graphics, but they aid rather than distract from the main story. Uh, so often in games, um, you're so you're so engrossed in the graphics that you forget. You're so engrossed or disgusted by graphics that you forget what the actual story is. And and whereas in this game, I feel like the graphics graphics were aided, graphics aided the storytelling. Um, let's talk of voice acting for a second. Look, it's very very good. The voice acting is one of the best components of it. Um, I think Alistair and Ogden were my personal favorites. Ogden, uh, the drunken dwarf. I, I love dwarves, man. I have always loved dwarves. And Ogden is, is super fun to play as. Um, so is Alistair. Alistair's wit and timing is great. I think that they're all kind of good. You know, they all have their own pluses and minuses. Um, but I will say that vo- in terms of voice acting, I'm pissed off that my character didn't talk. Like, I, I, I it's not that I expect it of every single game, but I kind of... I, I, I don't see why, the storage isn't a problem, it feels like you just didn't take the time you know, to, to get enough voice actors and get this done I exp- On Mass Effect, you get voices, I wanted I wanted that voices and Dragon Age 2, they addressed that issue and I, for the better, I liked hearing the voice acting I don't understand why we can't have 4 voice actors, you know, playing four, four, play every single race Give me varieties of every single one of them. That's what the kind of detail that I want from from, from them. Um, let's talk timelessness. It felt a little dated. Because most RPGs have copied them. It didn't feel dated because it was just a bad game, but rather because it's now the standard in RPG making. Um, the linear storytelling and not being open world will feel jarring to modern gamers. I think after, post-Skyrim, I think that everybody kind of expects an open world experience. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is open world, Skyrim was open world, Um, uh, even Dragon Age Inquisition, a more modern version of the game, was more open world and less linear. Um, I think that modern gamers expect open world, non-linear RPGs, and you know, that's fine, Um, but I will say that if you are not a hardcore gamer, and you're looking for some casual gaming fun, this is ideal um it gives you a lot of detail it focuses on story and it is that story is timeless you will enjoy playing through the story and enjoying playing through all the different groups that you find within the story so in conclusion i think that as a classic score i'm going to give this a 9. classic score means i'm looking at it in the time period what it was looking at other titles of the time and it's breathtaking is better than any other title. It was a worthy game of the year. I give it a 9 out of 10 there. Retro score, looking at it today, those features of not being linear storytelling and open world, of being being very linear, sorry, and open world and not being open world, that's jarring, and it takes, it takes a couple points off. I took off one point each, so that's about seven. I think that is probably actually around 6.5. Um, As a modern game, I I think that the story... No, no, no. You know what? Just fuck it. Fuck it. It's a 7. I've decided it's a 7 with a modern score. I still still think it's a fun game. And even to some modern gamers, um, it'll be fun. Um, I don't think some modern games have even topped it. Even after all these years. I still think that people will enjoy playing this game. And if you see it in a discount bin somewhere, get it it is worth it is a worth worthwhile game to buy and get for for get it for your girlfriend or yourself if you're not a if you're not a big gaming person um or go into origin it's available on the origin store that's ea's online purchasing system um it's available there get it it's you won't regret it if you ever if you have a beast pc oh my god you're gonna really enjoy the graphics on it and think that it's super cool um anyway that is the retro review next week we look at something in the media something i'm thinking something comic booky
0: shooting for the can you make a killing
1: So, you like the show? Or maybe you don't. Maybe you want to ask us a question, or even better, give us an answer. We have so many questions! Well, you've got a few options to get that done. You can, of course, tweet us, at United. You can DM us on Instagram. Um, That's also at United, Or you can chat to us directly on Facebook, or go to our group there, join. Please, we always welcome new members. Or... If you're really feeling up to it, you could get the Anchor app and send us a voice note and you can get your voice on this show, telling us whatever it is. Hell, if you ask a really good question, we might even call you in for an interview. How about that?